Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Dylan Holman and joining me is seasoned trader Henry Ward, who has over 10 years in the markets. Hello, everyone. How are you? The podcast has a simple format, which will see us talking about the top three financial stories in the news. This week, we're looking at the banking sector, with the likes of HSBC, JP Morgan and Deutsche Bank being in the spotlight. First things first, though, Henry, how's your week been? Well, this week has been pretty flat. We've had the cryptocurrencies haven't really gone anywhere. We have the, the stock market has, has, has gone up one day, down the next, up one day, down the next. So it really hasn't moved anywhere, pivoted. And then we have the likes of um, the foreign exchange market that, that hasn't really moved either. Um, we're in a point where we're looking like US dollar is going to get stronger. We have gold and silver coming to a little wedge or triangle shape going on at the very top up there. So if we see a little bit of dollar strength, I would expect to see some sort of gold and silver drop to the downside. So the markets are all changing at the present moment. So we, we have to wait for them to break out in a clear direction and then we'll look to trade them. We're obviously on the brink of potential second lockdown. And so is that what the markets is waiting for? Well, you have you have a couple of different factors. That'll be that'll be one of the factors. It's the math that it's also overextended. You have that that that's the biggest potential with the likes of US dollar. US dollar is still counting the cost of the last lockdown, the paychecks, or the 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 helicopter money that went out. They're still counting the cost of that, and the last non-farm payroll wasn't wasn't as bad as expected. So the one that's happening in ten days' time that could be a huge indicator whether we're expecting a little bit of dollar strength now or whether it is going to continue as it's going. But generally, when we get a bit of dollar strength, we get it for anything between um, six to nine months. So if we do get that, I would expect a pretty strong run from there. This week, we're looking only at the banking sector, which is a bit of a first for the podcast. Obviously, some huge news has hit the headlines. It's not good news for the big banks, is it, Henry? Dylan, that, that's putting it mildly. Um, this is we've had huge red flags over the last two decades, and the the, the banks have consistently ignored it. As we know, the, the banking industry is huge across the world. And if we look at 2007, we actually had the financial crisis across the globe because of it. So this is, this is probably going to be the biggest shakeup since then, since the, the, the crash happened. We have, we have a paper trail of fraud, money laundering, Ponzi schemes, terrorism, and helping drug lords uh, launder the money. So it's, it's, it's huge. If this is believed, if this is found to have happened, this is huge for this industry. I just can't understand how it could happen with that many people needing to or kind of turn a blind eye to this. In a company like HSBC or Deutsche Bank or any of these other big banks, how can that sneak through the crap? <laughs> but it, it's like anything, Dylan. Money talks. But if, you're, if you have someone who's doing a small bit of fraud and there's only a little bit, of the risk, the reward is not there. Okay, but if you're talking with a company that's doing millions and millions of pounds worth of this, then it starts to become, oh, should I, should I not? And the, the company's making money and the bank's making 
making money. My bonuses are being hit. A lot of this is greed rather than rather than people just being just being bad natured and not doing their job. A lot of this is just greed, and that is one of the things that is a age old adage that do we do we do something for greed or we do something for love okay and greed always wins every single day of the week and that's and that's something that happens here in the likes of the banks these documents were leaked on publications such as buzzfeed how trustworthy are these reports if we look back to years ago we had the panama documents that were leaked where you have Deutsche Bank, which were, were investigated because of that. They are actually Frankfurt headquarters were, were actually raided because of them. So who knows how real and how transparent they are. But what it happens is it lays down the seed. It lays the grassroots for people to go on investigation. It's like a lot of things. If you want to start investigating something, you will probably find something that has been done wrong. Now, whether it'll be down to the same scale or not, nobody knows. But the probability is, is that a lot of this is probably going to be true. It's going to be there and a lot of the stuff. The problem we'll find with the likes of these documents when they go in is how do they prove them? Okay, how do, do we, how do, who is the, at the end of the line going to be held accountable for it? And that's, that's one of the big things. And that's probably the biggest thing from a consumer and from the, the everyday Joe Soap out there wondering, Who's actually going to pay for this? Who is who is going to be held accountable for? Um, I went back to the 2007 crash there. If it's if it's believed that there was only one banker went to went to jail over the financial crisis, so is that going to happen again, or is there going to be someone made an example of? It's interesting that it's not just one bank that's involved here. You know, n- numerous banks are kind of listed in this report, but the five big ones that seem to be appearing more than others are HSBC, JP Morgan, Deutsche Bank, Standard Chartered, and then BMY Mellon. So how will this affect the banks that have been involved? Well, see, there's a lot of people out there that will trade the news. Um, and I would expect a lot of people to short the bank stocks on the, on the open of this because, look, I was one of them. The minute I saw this, I have no, I didn't even read the documents. I just saw the headings. I literally pressed the sell button on, um, on the likes of the, the HSBC, the likes of the um, Standard Charter and JP Morgan. Took, took all three of them short. Now, after a day or two, I've now, I've now jumped out of it. Okay, because I've now taken a nice little bit of profit off the back of that news. And remember, bad news travels fast. And, and that is something that I expect them to, to happen now. The, there's a couple of things we would expect to happen next is, one, will the, will the banks bounce back to their original price? Two, when they investigate what's going on and they find something, when it goes to court, the bank stocks will probably drop again and then they will probably recover. And then number three is when they actually get fines, you will see probably the biggest drop of all because that's the, that's the one. That's the one that's hurting their pocket is when the fine happens. Now, nine times out of 10, the likes of these banks have money set aside for fines and things like that. So it doesn't massively hit them, but they're, the stock, the their shareholders will, will dump and actually take on short positions to drive the stock down. Yeah, those scenarios are if they have been found guilty of these things. Obviously, that we don't know for sure yet. 
Absolutely, hundred percent. But that's the that's the thing is it's sometimes by you're guilty by association. So not all of them will have been found. And probably look in in the in the long run, probably only one of these companies will probably be caught by by doing one of them because the the details of it's so intricate. It takes so long to actually prosecute that it is now all petered out by the time we actually we actually get there and people just want a quick win then and and the other ones may get a slap on the wrist but probably we'll probably get an example made out of one of them and then the rest will be all just given a slap on the wrist you mentioned that people trade bad news another financial company which hit the headlines recently was uh, wirecard where there was about two billion dollars uh, which were missing from that but their share price obviously dropped significantly very very dramatically and so do you feel this could be similar to the banks or the banks being so much bigger, it just won't have such an impact? Well, Wirecard isn't, isn't a traditional bank. It's an e-money user, which doesn't have the same protection as, as a normal bank out there, but it is ring-fenced into the, the banking industry. So the difference in the two cases is, is that Wirecard had two billion missing, okay? They had two billion missing from their accounts. That is, was never there. That was artificially done up, fraudulent activity, fraudulent accounting. Now, the difference with the likes of the HSBCs, the Deutsche Banks, and the likes of the JP Morgans is that they have two trillions worth of money coming into the bank. Okay, so they're literally complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Yes, both things could potentially be illegal if they're proven, but the only difference is, is one was missing it, which means that the stock price will literally drop like a stone because it's missing. The other one going, well, the money is actually in there. The money's there. The money's accounted for. It's on the books. Whereas the difference is, is that how much of a fine are they going to get? How much wrongdoing have they done? Are people going to be fired? And which positions are they going to be fired in? Because the higher up the chain the person gets fired, the bigger the drop on the, on the likes of the stock market. So looking at um, individual stock prices, then HSBC, who have been heavily mentioned in this document and actually have been caught out before, how have their stock <laughs> reacted? Well, HSBC has, has had a little bit of a, a long running history with the likes of this. So in 2012, HSBC issued an apology for aiding Mexican drug cartels. So, you know, what I mean, this is something that they have they have done before. David Begley, HSBC Head of Compliance since 2020, you know, who had worked there for 20 years, resigned from the committee. Now, the bank has been under investigation for nearly a decade and faces massive fines from the U.S. Justice Department for lapses of safeguarding. Now, also what happened was uh, there was actually a documentary on Netflix called Dirty Money. Uh, have you seen it, Dylan? No, I did see that listed, though. Okay, is that what it's about? Is it? I'll have, have a little so, watch. So, Dirty Money is it's a series, and every week there's a different series, but one of the series was actually about HSBC and the, the, the money laundering and the helping of, of that with the likes of the Mexican drug cartel and, and how they actually done it. Now, HSBC issued a, a groveling apology saying, well, we're sorry, shouldn't have done that. How, <laughs> how much do we owe you? And that's the annoying thing about stuff like this is that this is going to continue going along. Now, whether we are going to be given the, the details of it, like we are with these leaked documents, well, how true or how not true they are. But when you look back to what the banks have done, 
whether it's in 2007 with the financial crisis, whether it's with the likes of, of HSBC here, I, I can, we can see them, we can see that happening. So I've seen over the last couple of days, there's been a 10% drop in, in the stock price of HSBC. Um, is this something that you'd have in your portfolio? Or as you mentioned, you've just sold it. And so is this something that you're going to kind of part for now and kind of see what happens? So, yeah, we've seen we've seen a drop of ten percent over the last few days, and and this adds up to an overall downtrend since two thousand eighteen. So, uh, most of the banks of the world have been dropping over the last two years. So this this decline hasn't hasn't been going well. It, it, it's not it's not good for the likes of the banks. Now, coupled with a potential downtrends that's going on with the potential of the coronavirus going on, this doesn't bode well for the likes of for the likes of um, HSBC and the other banks, whether they were named in this document or whether they were not named in this document, and it does not bode well for anyone doing banking at the minute. So is this something that's in my portfolio? Absolutely not. I do think there's still some downside on the likes of these. Some long-term investors will look to jump in and hold on to them and invest in them long-term, but it, it's definitely not for me. It's not something I would look because we have an overall downtrend and Remember, I've said from day one, trend is your friend. Trade the trend till the bend at the end. Okay, so and the trend is going down. So if I was looking to trade this, I would be looking to short this market. But it hasn't come back and given me a technical reason to short it. So I've taken my nice little bit of money. I've ran. I've said thank you very much for documents, <laughs> and I've taken a little bit of profit out of it, shorting the market. So I wouldn't be in it long term. What I find slightly funny is that lots of banks over the last kind of three, four years have basically been saying that criminals have been using Bitcoin to uh, be dodgy with their finances. And now all that comes out is, oh, they've actually been using the banks themselves. But see, the thing about it is people will use the likes of cryptocurrencies for the likes of that. They will use traditional banks. They will use companies that are probably unlisted on the stock market. They will. They, they are always trying to find innovative ways of laundering money, of getting their hands on their cash legally so they're not actually caught. So yes, it will happen in every walk of life, in every industry. It's just a matter of whether they get caught or not. And as we can see from these documents, there's a lot of finger pointing at the minute. But yeah, it's the crypto does get a really bad name for that. And everyone you ever speak to about cryptocurrencies, oh, all the drug lords there. <laughs> and they're just but, using the normal banks. <laughs> yeah, they're just walking in with their pin code and they're yeah. dropping off a bag of money and going, here, can you put that into my account, please? <laughs> That's much easier than going through the hassle of using Bitcoin, etc., etc. But talking of uh, one of these companies that did point the finger quite heavily at Bitcoin is JP Morgan, and they've been named part of these leaked documents as well. So this isn't the first time that FinCEN investigated JP Morgan. In 2014, they were fined $461 million for woefully violating the Bank of Secrecy Act um, by failing to report suspicious transaction arising out of Bernie L. Madoff. Okay, some of you may have known, may, some of you may have heard of him. Um, it's a decade-long, multi-billion dollar fraud investment scheme. So a Ponzi scheme. Now they all turn turned a blind eye and they focused and once once the actual wrongdoing by Bernie Madoff was actually found out, so what they did is they actually started moving their assets around, um, segregating away from it, actually bolstering, getting their own house in order, which actually then in tune saved them two hundred and fifty million 
And that's, that's how you, that's how you attack something that has been doing fraud on your platform for the last 20 years. And that, and this is, this is the likes of people that we we're trusting with our money. This is the likes of uh, banks that we are actually doing our day-to-day banking with that once they found out about the likes of this, they actually went and doubled down and secured their own position. And, when you look into a little better, FinCEN came out and said, if you had have put this time and effort into sorting out your anti-money laundering and anti-fraud activity, you probably would just save yourself $2 billion because Bernie Madoff wouldn't have been allowed in on the platform and also saved, what, thousands of people from, from getting fraud being done on their, on their accounts. So this is something that is throughout the industry this happens over and over again but once you have the likes of 20 billion which bernie madoff was was using his ponzi scheme it's it's huge it's it happens over and over again and if you look into a history we see this we see this happening over and over again and it's so it's no surprise at the present moments that vincent has actually leaked these documents or not they haven't leaked it down but the documents have been leaked to them we're looking at JP Morgan's stock price compared to HSBC. There's actually quite a big difference because HSBC has seen a, a slight drop in price while JP Morgan's had a bit of an upwards trend. Why would that be? They have consistently grown year on year. So if we have a look at it, their, their high of, of 2020 was $140, which is, which is not too bad. Whereas that's a 44% year on year growth from 2019. Now, like everyone on every company out there they've had a drop down to $77 from coronavirus but as of a couple of days ago they were up at $100 which is which is a nice return on investment but the minute the news broke and these documents were leaked there's been we've seen a 9% drop of the stock price which isn't as big as i expected or as much as i would assume because this is pretty big news to come out from the likes of a likes of a bank whether it's JP Morgan or HSBC or Deutsche or anyone for that matter so i would expect the, the stock to have dropped probably another 10% in in my opinion but are we getting accustomed to, to finding out that there's been unscrupulous things done now? Um, the, the, the backlash hasn't been as bad as I expected. One of the banks which has seen probably the most amount of backlash really is Deutsche Bank, who have been one of the biggest losers with 15% wiped off their stock price. And they're obviously heavily mentioned in the document. So why would they be above the others uh, falling in value? Yeah, Deutsche Bank have been the biggest losers in the sense that their stock has dropped more than 15% um, since, since the documents were leaked. Like so, like so many of the other banks, Deutsche were under intense scrutiny for years for wrongdoing. And the bank agreed to pay the US state $150 million to settle claims that it brokered compliance rules for dealing with sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. Now, the, the bank's also Frankfurt headquarters was raided on suspicion of helping clients to move money to offshore accounts uh, in Panama when the, their documents were released in 2018. So, you know what I mean? They have been under intense scrutiny. So they're probably the most recent ones that have been under scrutiny. 
Yeah, so it's just been one big scandal after the next for Deutsche Bank then. Absolutely. Whereas the other ones have had it and then there's been a time, then there's had it, there's been a time lapse between it. Whereas the likes of Deutsche Bank have had it just literally constantly year after year. So they have probably seen the biggest drop because of this because also people are now looking at them. Their, their shareholders are not as confident anymore. Will they get back up to the, the previous highs, the record highs? And that's why we've seen probably the biggest drop um, across the market with the likes of Deutsche. So we've obviously had the leaked documents over the last couple of days. Do you see that this is going to be one of those stories that just runs and runs with new kind of headlines coming every few days? Or it's had its big hit now and there won't be much news until kind of kind of the trial and the, the fines, etc., which will be a little bit further down the line. But see, it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to judge what's what's going to happen next. Now, we could get slow leaks of documents here and there or whether it was just one big document dump and, and people are now slowly sieving through it and they're slowly, slowly getting to a point and go, oh, wow, that was bad. And then go, oh, wow, if you think that was bad, look at this. Um, and we get more and more documents, documents released. So there, there is the potential for that with the likes of this. But the problem is, is that I talked about a little bit earlier that we're potentially accustomed to the likes of this and it is happening more and more often. Uh, once it happens, we sort of then go, oh, it's just, that's, that just happened again. I thought that happened last week and we're not, we're not looking at this as much anymore. So shareholders, instead of jumping out of the market or shorting the market because they think it's bad news now, the market only reacts small to compare to the, the, the amount of fraud that's actually after happening because to put this into perspective, it was two trillion. That is absolutely unbelievable. But to put this into perspective is the 2007 financial crisis. Do you know how much the bailout for that was back in 2007? 400 billion. Now, the coronavirus bailout you should know this one. How much was the coronavirus bailout? You should know this. We've talked about this. I talk about this quite a, quite a lot on the likes of this podcast. Come on, Dylan. Two. Two trillion. Trilli- okay. Two trillion. Two trillion. So this is, if this is the tip of the iceberg, because nine times out of 10, these are, these leaked documents, tip of the iceberg, once you go into it. But the, the, the amount of fraud that's been done on these banks could have bailed the US government out out of two bailouts. That's the kind of money. So you have already, they've estimated 2 billion. That's how much the, the bailout for 2020 was in, in, in the likes of the coronavirus. Now, if they go in there and they potentially find some more, you're actually adding the 2007 financial crisis on top of that. And this is, this is the amounts of money that's in there. This is the amount of blind eyes, the likes of, of turning a cheek, the, the, what was it, back years ago, we don't call them this anymore, but brown envelopes. <laughs> um, they're the kind of things that were being passed around the bankers. And we only have to look at the likes of, I know it was a, a lot of this was centralized for, for people to look at is the likes of the big short. You see how much people didn't care. They were so honest. They were bragging about us because we're making so much money from the likes of what was happening. They didn't care. And then all of a sudden, then the people who pay for it are the normal Joe Soaps, like, like everyone out there. And the big guys that are doing it systemically, they, they don't. And um, what was it? One person went to jail there and thereabouts. But 
yeah, it, it's something that we we've seen, we have we have witnessed, we've seen two now crashes, and the likes of this could have paid for one and potentially two, depending on the outcome of it. So, but the problem is is that we even look at the likes of the Bernie Madoff there. So Bernie Madoff, the J.P. Morgan were fined a hundred and four hundred and sixty-one million, but Bernie Madoff put twenty billion into J.P. Morgan. So the money that was put into the accounts, the money that JP Morgan made off that would probably have dwarfed the actual fine. So there's no, there's no incentive to, for people to stop doing this because banks are making money from doing this illegal activity and it's lying in people's pockets. So obviously it's negative news, prices are going down. Is this then a good chance to short the market? See, the problem is, is that we have a couple of external factors going on here with shorting the market. We have the likes of the, the downtrend that's going on. We also have had a, a slow upward turn because obviously we hit the low of coronavirus and a lot of these stocks have slowly gone up. Now, is it a good time to potentially short them? Maybe. Why? Because we've had this news we potentially going into another lockdown. There are some good things out there to short at the present moment, but the banking sector probably not as, as clear cut because they are still making money. We have an awful lot of e-commerce businesses that have popped up. We have an awful lot of money going through online now, the likes of the Amazon, the Shopify's of this world. So they are still making money just not as much of it. So if we can if we can turn the corner with the likes of that, then I would see them doing what they did in 2019, sort of going sideways rather than continue dropping, moving sideways till something like this happens again. Whether it's a fine, whether it's someone going to jail, whatever it is, that's when I would expect to see another jump. And just to, to, to go back to an example is if we look at Google, Google were fined, um, what was I think it was $2 billion for having a monopoly on shopping. So once you go into shopping on Google, they would bring you to their websites instead of Amazon or instead of the other guys. And their stock dropped about, I think it was 15 or 20% off the back of that fine. So fines means movement in the market are bigger. News announcements are not as, are not as, are not as big on the likes of these banks. Great. Well, that wraps up this week's podcast. Is there anything else which people should be watching? Well, something that I, that I took a, a little short on during the week was CCL, which is the cruise liner. So we actually have found out that they are releasing was a one billion worth of stocks to um, release some money for themselves. They are the fleet is more or less depleted. They have something like one or two cruise liners out on the on the ocean. That's about it. Um, and they're not at the all-time lows. So they had a massive spike up, a little bit of a spike up. With the second wave of coronavirus, I've jumped in and shorted that. So I do think the likes of potential, the airline industry, the likes of the travel industry, place like that, if we go into a second lockdown, there is room for this to be a downside. The same with potentially oil. I have taken a little position on the likes of those short, but only time will tell. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. We hope you've all enjoyed listening. You can know more about the markets on Henry's weekly webinar, which can be found by going over to Google and putting eToro Trading School. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.